You are listening to a podcast from UIB Right. Hello and welcome. We are here in the studio today on behalf of the Writing Support Podcast to talk about the theme Critical Approach to the Use of Plagiarism Softwares. Uh, my name is Alan and next to me sits Alina. Hello. And with us here today we have Tina Bjornfeldt Jensen from Denmark, uh, employed at the Southern University of uh, Denmark part time and the owner of my own educational consultancy, uh, Metodo. I'm talking today about um, the use of plagiarism software and how we use it automatically at universities um, throughout uh, the Western world. Um, I'm sure you do this as well at your university. Do you know which program is used here? No. No? The different ones, there are Turnitin is a very famous one. Uh, in Denmark we also use one called Urkund. And um, they have become sort of an automatic way of uh, trying to figure out if students plagiarize text. So often it works in that way, then when you write a paper, you hand it in, and then it's automatically screened against a large database of former student work and databases available online. And if there is a, a match, a big match, um, there's a little alert going off. And uh, ideally, a teacher from the discipline will look at it and decide, is there a problem or is there not a problem? So that's one important thing to be aware of, that there's also, there is always and there should always be a teacher looking at it. It doesn't say anything in itself. Mm. Um, because it can be that you have referenced everything beautifully and there's a real reason why you've quoted extensively or whatever you have chosen to do. So, um, in general, these programs are just bought and used, and mm. we rarely talk about them. We talk about them once in a while when a student is caught by this program. And already when I talk about it this way, you can hear me saying caught is like mm. a criminal. You, know? <laughs> you violated the law and you've been discovered by this mm. monitoring system. Um, but what we fail to take into account is what it does to all students that we have this system in place. And um, what we see, and we see it in Denmark, is that it's a real change in the way students engage with written work. Yeah. And they become more and more oriented towards not being caught in these systems. And uh, I think it's important to state that that is students who would never intentionally plagiarize. Yeah. It's just normal students like the 99.9% .9 of students that are just normal students who want to do a good paper, but still are very worried that they will get caught by the system. Does that resonate? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And especially the word you say when you're afraid to get caught. Yes. Like it's something very illegal. And even if I know I did all my references perfectly, I still have the feeling of what if, yeah. what if, yeah, what if this is plagiarism? And, yeah. We coined a term. My colleague and I, I did this work with Gina Bai, who's a librarian at mm -hmm. uh, Aarhus University. Uh, plagiarism anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like performance anxiety, exam anxiety. And it's becoming a real thing. People mm -hmm. are staying awake at night wondering, yeah. did I really reference everything correctly? Yeah. And people are second guessing what are their own thoughts and what are thoughts that uh, 
they should reference. They are thinking, has something been published about this that I don't know, yeah. that I'm not aware of? And even if I'm not aware of it, if someone can find it, then maybe I have plagiarized. Mm. And I don't know what it's like here, but in Denmark, the universities make a big deal of saying you will be, um, there will be consequences regardless of intention. Okay. So even if the student didn't know, didn't know, is very unhappy about it and never would do such a thing, it's still, you know, there will still be taken steps. Sounds like a challenge as I see it, or is it? Uh, there must be, yeah. yeah. Or how do you see it? Well, I, I worry about it because I also work as a writing teacher. And now I, I find students have a lot of questions about plagiarism. Mm. And they always say, I don't plagiarize. And I don't think they do. <laughs> and, and they, but, you know, they worry so much. And uh, I have a, a quote that I use in this presentation, which is a student coming up to me saying at a workshop, I found a solution. I've stopped saying anything. If I cannot put a source on it, I'm not saying. Because in this way, I cannot ever be accused of plagiarism, anything. And that's a real problem because the academic genre <laughs> demands us to do independent work, to, to come up with own critical uh, questions and answers and inquiry. So what I'm saying is that there's a huge downside to this automatic use that I think is a kind of a blind spot in mm. academia, which is that we are training future generations to become non-cheaters, yeah. which to me is not the goal of the university. But how, uh, how much does it take to, to get caught? Yes. Is, is it a sentence mm -hmm. that's not referenced correctly or is it a whole page or...? I think the fact that you're asking that is interesting. Yeah. Because that's what students are asking. Yeah. yeah, they're not. They're not. Uh, and this is no critique of you <laughs> at all. But but the questions we want students to ask in writing related um, discussions is more about how do I use a source? How do I? But instead, the the discussion sort of shifts towards understanding how does this arbitrary program work? You know. So you want to please the program. And that's where you put your efforts and, and, and that's where the worry comes from. Because for some people, it's very difficult to figure out how it works. And, and I have seen people asking questions such as, you know, how many, how many words in the one sentence is, you know, acknowledged. And it, I, don't, I don't know, but I, I work as an external examiner as well. And I, when I get a report from students handing in the papers, I get them in an in a, uh, sort of an electronic format, mm. and it actually says the percentage, and it used to state plagiarism percentage, mm. and then yeah. twelve or one or whatever, which I thought was a real problem because it cannot say if it's plagiarism. It's a program. Yeah. It can say I can recognize these words in my database. That's all it can yeah. say. But it cannot see if it's there's a perfect reference. Mm. So yeah. it has been changed now to um, uh, another word, more neutral uh, word that just says, you know, this is matched or something like yeah. that. But it shows us also how these program, and I might sort of remind everybody that they are commercially driven. Mm. They are sold by people. 
these programs sort of shapes our ideas about what plagiarism really is. Yeah. Um, and I met external examiners who were thinking, well, it has quite a high percentage there. Should I take that into account in my assessment? But is it at a given percentage then every person, a teacher, have to look at it? Is there like a limit before you, or is it just something you consider individually? One thing is the actual software. Another thing is how it is embedded in the institution, and that varies. Yeah. Some places it's anchored in um, libraries with uh, some very sort of well-informed people sitting there and, and looking at it and making decisions because the decisions are made by people. Mm. And then they will reach out to a teacher in the discipline and there will be a conversation, etc. In other places, it is not as neatly embedded and there are not people who are that well informed working with it. And then I think a little bit more is left up to chance. And internationally, the keynote yesterday, Chris Anson um, and Karen Hurd, they spoke about this as well, where Chris said that he had been an expert witness in cases where students have sued the university for accusing them of plagiarism based alone on a percentage. So in those cases, no single person looked at it. Yeah. They just looked at the yeah. percentage. But on the other hand, there must be um, kind of effectful also, like there must be benefits with this program, I assume, using it, or there's a reason why university use it. Well, I'm sure you'll catch some, mm -hmm. but at what cost? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I usually draw a huge circle when I teach uh, this or do talks about this. And in that huge circle, I do like one dot. And that dot are the 0. Point something, yeah. 0. 0.0 percentage that will cheat intentionally. And those are interesting. We always talk about them. But the huge totality of students, all of those are affected. Their mindset is affected. Their idea about writing is, is affected. The way they engage with ideas is affected in a negative way. Mm. It's limited. Very. Mm. So what we, we train and educate non-cheaters, you become very good at that. I just don't really see how that's going to contribute to society in the end. I'm often asked if my critique isn't a little bit naive, because, you know, in this day and age, everything can be sampled from the internet. We should have some measures. Um, and I think we should have some measures. You shouldn't be allowed to to just cheat. But I don't see how that automatically means that using plagiarism software in an uncritical way is the best idea. Because I, what I think it does is makes us not explore other options. And those other options, I think there are plenty of them. And it could be something about redesigning assessment. Can some work be done in class? And can some work be done where you have to sort of rewrite work you have already done to show that you have understood some critique. I mean, there's lots of ways where working on our assessment forms can hinder plagiarism and at the same time train critical thinking and engagement. So mm -hmm. I think who benefits now, if we look at the two benefits, it's the commercial companies, they benefit. Yeah. And also I think to some extent, 
sort of the political level at universities because they can sort of wash their hands and say we've done this we have this yeah you know we are a serious university we we don't allow cheaters mm. so, but i don't think it's an ideal situation do you do you have any thoughts or advices for how other teachers should have like what should be their approach yeah. if they use these kind of programs I think the individual teacher should engage with students and talk to them about how to use sources. I don't think the focus should be on avoiding plagiarism, but should be how to engage with sources in the discipline, because it varies across disciplines. And I think that's another problem with this uh, use of uncritical use of software, that it kind of tells us that all disciplines are the same and all conventions are the same, and they're not. It varies what counts as plagiarism within a specific tradition and discipline. So in order to be knowledgeable about your own field, build an identity as somebody who's an expert in your field, you need to know those conventions. And you, sort of avoiding being caught in a program on a general level is not going to help you understand how, say, a historian engaged with sources or how a media person engaged with sources or how a person from law engages with sources. So being sort of very aware of the fact that this is something that has to be trained and showed to the students and discussed with the students, I think is, uh, is quite important uh, for the individual teacher. You have been listening to a podcast from UIB Wright.